Welcome, Digital Difference Makers. Today with me, I have Chelsea Haynes, founder of the Gut Health Agency. Welcome, Chelsea. Hey, Job. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. No, thank you for coming on. I mean, we had an interesting discussion over LinkedIn, and I think your work's very interesting. I think becoming a little bit more normal. I think that it's, um, a lot of people haven't really looked at it before, but for the people who don't know you yet, what do you do? Yeah. Fantastic. Thanks for that. <laughs> I am a health coach and I have specialized in gut health and I have now recently founded the Gut Health Agency and we are a collective of agents of change. We are, we are a collective of gut health professionals. Uh, there are a few health coaches and a few registered dietitians that work on my team and collectively we support people through a six-month program that helps people focus on healing their gut. Awesome. Like what kind of, I mean, when you, when you talk about healing your gut, what, what are we healing it from? Yeah. Great question. So I actually got the question recently as well. Do you think gut health is just a fad or a diet? And, and I started giggling because Hippocrates was quoted a uh, long, long time ago, many thousands of years ago, saying that all disease actually begins in the gut. And Therefore, no, it's definitely not a fad. It's definitely not going anywhere. And to think that it's it's really, I always like to say gut health is sort of the best biohack for all other ailments. So if you're dealing with hormone issues, of course, all digestive and GI tract issues, but maybe even some of the less obvious ones like migraines or brain fog, autoimmune disease, um, other chronic symptoms, skin rashes, hives, um, you know, things that are, are, maybe normal for you. And I always like to say, though, they may be normal for you. They're, they're probably typical for you, but these symptoms really are not normal. And I think we live in a day and age where we often just have a quick fix or a pill to subdue our symptoms, uh, whether that be a little bit of a headache or a little bit of a bloated belly after eating or acid reflux. Um, it's amazing because of course, your gut starts in your mouth, but there's a lot of disconnect in, in understanding that acid reflux really is a gut health issue. But I think you know, we, we live in a society of convenience. So it's really easy to manage these symptoms. And that's, you know, Western medicine, that's, that's what it's all about is symptom management. And it's an important time to disclaim uh, that we are pro-medicine over here. We take a holistic approach to healing, but we do not expect you to suffer on that journey. And we live in a beautiful time where we have lots of options for symptom management and thank God for that. And if you are every single day popping Tums all day, every day, or some other antacid, or maybe you've even prescribed a proton pump inhibitor, PPI and antacid medication, or maybe you know, you're dealing with anxiety and, and you're on medication for that or depression, uh, which can all be optimized through gut health. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> um, and we've had clients who have been able to minimize their medications or maybe even wean completely off of them, depending on the circumstances and of course, alongside their doctors. And, and ultimately, you know, by the time our clients come to us, they're just sick and tired of feeling sick and tired. And there's a lot to it, I think, culturally and also generationally, we are raised to believe that a certain level of not feeling good is expected and okay. And that if we desire to feel good all the time, that we have like 
ridiculous expectations and that we just should lower our expectations. And I am definitely walking living proof that that's complete bullshit. I hope I can say that word. I, there's a few four letter words I say, they all involve poop, <laughs> uh, shit being one of them and same with crap. Um, you know, I think a little laughter and lightness is always welcomed with these kinds of conversations. So hopefully that's okay for your audience. No, of course it is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But yeah, you know, I think I'm I'm living walking proof. I, I I holistically manage an autoimmune disease. I have psoriasis. I've managed it without medication since 2003. Um, I have used steroid creams along the way. So again, for me, that was the right option. Going on biologics and just totally demolishing my immune system never aligned with me. And again, if that's the journey that you've chosen, then bless that medicine. Uh, but I've always just wanted to seek another way. So to circle it back around, by the time my clients come to me and now us in the gut health agency, they know that something's wrong, that they're not quite sure of what. And a typical story is that they've been gaslit by their doctors or the only answer that they've gotten from them is just to double their dose of whatever it is that they're taking. Um, on top of that, and I'll kind of round out this question here because I could go on for ages if you can't tell. Um, I think a lot of people think that health has to be, it, like the word health has a lot, it's a loaded word. It, it automatically, I think, makes people feel a little bit stressed out. I think there's an assumption that there's a lot that has to be done in order to be healthy and feel good. And that's part of the bigger picture that we're doing here. We're here to, we're here to debunk all of that because that's just totally not true. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I, mean, I, I was reading a biohacking book uh, probably six months ago. And I remember in it, there was something around, you know, you go to your doctor and you get tested for a bunch of things and they'll say, you know, hey, you're all good. And then it was like, the, the thing was to say, ask, you know, well, where am I on the range kind of thing? He was like, yeah. they could tell you you're good and you're in, you're within the healthy range of a, a four out of 10, you know, four and a seven between there is okay anything below is we need to do something about it and it's kind of like well i want to be an eight nine ten or at least at the higher end of good like you know that's yes. the big difference between those two it's a great way to put it job and that's actually a really powerful tool for people to have in their pockets to say well where on the spectrum do i land and it makes me think of the testing that we run at the gut health agency it's called a gi map it's one of the most comprehensive stool tests on the market. It uses uh, qPCR technology and it pumps out all of this amazing information. And it also gives us those ranges. And if somebody's teetering on the lower range of that good window, we're definitely going to work to optimize that because in three, five, ten years from now, we're only it's only going to be harder for our cells to convert in food into energy and you know metabolism always is only going to get slower healing is only going to get harder and inflammation is only going to increase <laughs> so if we are in a, in a point where we can start to optimize some of those ranges that's great and and yeah asking the doctor <laughs> it makes me think of that meme maybe you've seen this on social media but there's like a little cartoon going around and the patient is sitting there on the on the bed or the you know in the doctor's office and they're covered in rashes head to toe and the doctor's there with his readouts. Oh, yep. 
all your blood work's normal. You're fine. <laughs> and the patient's sitting there, like, you know, and it's, it, they have like, it implies that they're dealing with massive anxiety and, you know, and they're covered in rashes from head to toe. And actually on my podcast, I had a few guests who that was their exact situation. They had rashes from head to toe, literally. And the doctors were like, well, your blood works normal. Can't figure it out. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think okay. there's more awareness coming, which is cool around, you know, there's a lot of causes for things going wrong in the body that, you know, really you know there's a doctor can't do all of it yeah and then they're not trained to look at all of it like as much as we would like to say that they are yeah a lot of the time like we said earlier they they're used to treating the symptoms so what (laughs) sorry when people come to you like what what kind of things are going on that sort of indicate that there's like before they do the the poop test, what what's like an indication of bad gut health? Great question, and uh, you know, I just I wanted to add what you just said there, and in you know, doctors are fantastic people, and this is not about shaming Western medicine at all. You know, where would we be without Western medicine today? I don't even know. A lot more, um, probably a lot less people in this world, um, but. You, th- you go to the doctor and, you know, there's an eye doctor and a heart doctor and a lung doctor and a cancer doctor. And, a, and there's a doctor for every single organ of the body. And it's not typical that they look at it full spectrum. And that's kind of where the question of functional medicine comes in, um, which, you know, we're all doing the best that we can. I think fu- functional medicine can sometimes get lost in the allopathic mindset as well. But to answer your question, and I think this is a really important one, what are the symptoms that someone might be dealing with that are directly related to gut health. I mean, for sure, acid reflux, like let's just put that right at the top of the list. If you have heartburn, the, you got gut stuff going on, <laughs> period. And you can say it's genetic. You can say, oh, everyone in my family has it. Yes, that might be true. And heartburn's not a genetic condition that gets passed down. What is, is lifestyle and stress management that we learn from our family that then leads to heartburn. Uh, It's completely reversible most of the time and definitely manageable in in different ways. And and I just have to put the little cherry on the cake there. I truly believe that uh, if there's any, if there's anything that you take away from this, if you are popping over the counter, if you're self self prescribing with over the counter antacids, you really need to call me right now. I think they're the most, I truly, in my expert opinion, think that over-the-counter antacids are the most harmful medication on the market that you can just walk into any pharmacy in the world and just pop these things and they taste good. You know, they're marketed like candy. It's like, just call me if you're having heartburn issues. Uh, But another thing that a lot of people might not think about is constipation. So um, it's very a normal poop is one to three times per day. And that is an easy, you can Google the Bristol stool chart. Um, we want about a four on that chart. And if you range somewhere from, a, you know, upwards towards one, two or three, or consistently six, seven, eight, or excuse me, five, six, seven, you know, you're either rabbit pellets or way too runny. Um, your poop can tell us a lot about what's happening inside your gut. And definitely if you're not pooping every day or if you are, but it's painful or it's really weird colors besides just a nice dark brown, 
if it's gray, if it's white, if it's black, if it's yellow, if it's greasy, if there's something odd going on there, if it moves, <laughs> uh, if it floats, then you may have trouble um, breaking down fats. So it's, it's not just your stomach and your intestines, but we're also looking at liver, gallbladder, and pancreas health as well. So if you've ever had surgery to remove any of those organs, your appendix as well, you may have trouble breaking down your foods. Um, digestive enzymes are, and, and bile are really like, bile is really the MVP of, of digestive health. So if, you're, if your liver and gallbladder are struggling, um, we need to talk. Uh, even if you are going to the bathroom every day, but it doesn't feel satisfying, that's definitely a, a sign that something might be going on. Um, if you have food sensitivities, Oftentimes people think that this is a diagnosis in and of itself and that it's a root cause. And that's just, again, total bullshit. <laughs> the food sensitivities that you're experiencing are because you're struggling to break down your food in an efficient way. It might be low stomach acid. It might be, again, liver bile. It might be enzymes. It, it could be a motility issue. So if you're not, when we say digestion, we mean breaking down food in an easy way where you're not producing a lot of gas, you're not burping, you're not farting, you're not having this really distended belly. I mean, a burp or fart here or there are very normal. We have gas in our systems, but if it's like painful and obnoxious and really loud or really smelly, something might be going on. So digestion really is assimilating nutrients and eliminating toxins naturally. And if, if you're not doing those two things, if you have chronic low energy, that's a surefire sign that you're not getting nutrients out of your food. Another big one is undigested food in your stool. So get in the habit of after you take, an, after you take a poop, just look at what's going on in there. If you see bits of lettuce or tomato skins, um, there's a few things that really don't ever get digested, like corn and sesame seeds. <laughs> yeah. We actually can do, we actually can use those things to test our transit time. How long does it take to go from one end to the other? <laughs> Let's eat some corn. <laughs> yeah. But if you're seeing consistently undigested food, something like lettuce, which is pretty common things, anything high in fiber might be a little bit harder to digest for a weak system that's a sign something else is going on. If you have an autoimmune diagnosis, it can definitely be optimized with gut health. So if you're dealing with thyroid stuff, Hashimoto's, uh, for me, it's psoriasis. You know, I mean, the, the autoimmune um, alopecia, the autoimmune list just goes on and on and on and on. And in the last 30 years, the rise of autoimmune disease, I, I feel like if you don't have one, you're, you're a rare form <laughs> and congrats, you know, or maybe it's, maybe it's undiagnosed at this point. Um, and typically if you have one, you probably are also on the path to have more than one. So optimizing your gut health is imperative to prevent further degradation of your system. Um, inability to sleep or waking up consistently in the middle of the night, specifically two or 3 AM. If you're consistently waking up at that time, that could be a sign that there's something happening with your liver. Uh, of course, when we sleep, our body is meant to naturally heal and detox. So if it's struggling to do that, body temperature is going to rise and it's probably going to wake us up. Um, yeah, those are quite a few symptoms. Hives, I mean, if you deal with allergies or if you're constantly itchy or eczema, other skin stuff, our skin is basically another window to the soul, but really it's a window to our gut health. Um, if you're dealing with any kind of consistent rashes or hives, that's definitely a sign that you need some support in your gut. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, right. And there's heaps there. I mean, I, I've been introduced a little bit through um, the power of food through one of my clients who has an autoimmune disease and she helps other people with autoimmune diseases as well. Um, yeah, and yeah. she's ex extremely healthy what um she had ms so wow. yeah a, a fairly um big diagnosis to have that and she's fit and healthy really just from food and everything else you know she was talking about all the other medications and stuff that she was being given really actually made it a lot worse um sure. like, mm -hmm. like again i was saying just managing the symptoms but actually doing more damage than good but yeah. Yeah. how did you get into this like how did, how did the gut health agency come about yeah so it was a personal journey for me so I, I was diagnosed with autoimmune disease um in college but the symptoms really started in high school and after i graduated college i was just fed up and annoyed this is going way back i might age myself here i graduated college 2008 so um yeah, I was just annoyed by the system. Every time I went to the doctor, I was just handed a different steroid cream. And then once they started talking shots and pills that I had to come back for every month, every three months, I thought I'm going to travel the world. I don't know what you're thinking, but I'm not coming back into this office every month to get a shot. <laughs> like, I don't know, that's not an option. Um, and to, to kill my immune system on top of that just didn't make any sense. So I actually hired my gut told me, all puns intended, that it had to do with, with, my, with food. So at first I thought I must have an allergy. I must have a food sensitivity. There must be something that I'm eating that's making this happen. So I hired my first health coach in 2008. I spent a month's rent on you know, a, a four week program and it was a huge step for me and it was scary, but it changed my entire life. And after that, um, I went on to become a yoga teacher. I realized how much stress plays a role in my symptoms. And I think that's you know a, a little important note there is that uh, gut healing is so much more than just food. And I think part of the food conversation can actually add stress to a lot of people's lives. Again, oh, I have to start cooking all these meals or I have to spend all this money on organic food or I don't have the time. I, you know, I don't have time or money to, to be healthy. Um, but there's so many other ways that we can focus on gut health. And even at the gut health agency, we don't even talk about food until month two. <laughs> we, we have a whole month of foundations that we discuss and talk about. Most of it is around stress management. Um, we live in a world of high cortisol and a lot of different tigers chasing us all the time. And our body's constantly fighting something, <laughs> yeah. but we're not actually fighting anything. So that was, that was my personal journey, which stemmed from, you know, childhood trauma and abandonment. And basically I just, I just kept following, following the breadcrumbs from yoga teacher to health and life coach. I had to have a degree in psychology as well. So mental health is always something that I've been fascinated with and the study of the human brain and body. Um, yeah, and that's what brought me to becoming a health coach um, myself back in 2017. And, you know, I realized as a health coach, we are essentially the forefront people in the war of chronic illness. We are trying to merge functional medicine with lasting results. And as health coaches, we help you with habit change. So specifically what we do is 
help you do the doing <laughs> and we help you embody a different way of being and truly getting to a point where change doesn't feel so I have no time or money or all the things in order to do this. This is too overwhelming. Um, but then I realized, you know, as, as a health coach, I can only take people so far. If you have H. pylori or SIBO or leaky gut or some other infection or parasites live in there, we have to address, address those infections before we can really see big results. Um, and then the question is, why did that infection thrive? You know, what, what, what are the habits in lifestyle that you've been living that have created an opportune environment within your gut for fungus, bacteria, yeast, and viruses to take, to take over? Of course, we have all these things living in and on us at all times. The problem starts to happen when it becomes out of balance. And the reason why it becomes out of balance is because typically we live a really stressful life and all that comes with it. And then the thought of getting to the other side of it becomes even more unbearable. So that's where the gut health agency was born from. I said, all right, I need somebody with expertise and, and diagnostic um, ability to be able to order and run these tests for my clients. So that way we can address these infections that are so prevalent, walk them through um, herbal protocols for an, a holistic approach because all the other approaches to these infections are just a couple rounds of antibiotics, which it's like dropping a bomb on a city. Yeah, it's going to kill the bad guys, but it's also going to kill the good guys. So where does it ever end? <laughs> now you've just created an even more opportune environment for the bad guys to move right back in. You really have to support the economy of the city of your gut health. Uh, so that way the bad guys don't thrive. Um, that, that city analogy just came up. Usually it's a rainforest or, or a coral reef that are, are the other analogies that we talked <laughs> yeah. about. But yeah, that's really where the, you know, the, my own personal journey combined with years of working with clients and seeing that I kept just bumping up against this hard wall where people are now open to functional medicine, but I have not seen any other one-stop shop. Um, I really, I've done a lot of research. I've worked with a lot of people personally on my own healing journey, I don't see any practices merging the mindset work in, that we do in health coaching with the body work that they do in functional medicine. And, and again, the allopathic system kind of was taking over there too. You know, you get diagnosed with SIBO, here's $500 worth of supplements, take these, see you in six months. Like that, that's not really helpful. <laughs> and it's expensive and it's, it's exhausting. So, I said, I got to make it myself. I don't, I'm not seeing it anywhere. And for years, I kept trying to find somebody to work with to make this happen. And finally, I just said, I, I have to create it. So here's the gut health agency. <laughs> it's cool. Cause I do think like, like you said, I, there, there's not really a lot of those sort of things out there. I think a lot of people, particularly coaches can be a bit reserved from doing, you know, this different from a joint venture, but kind mm -hmm. of, I suppose, in a way coming in and helping you out with, you're being a part of that but like you said as well i the probably one of the main issues that's come up with my client has been that whole thing of figuring out when they do need something yeah. extra or there is something else going on and it can't be just fixed through food so yeah, yeah and then it's kind of like oh this is you know who i need to connect you with yeah you know, i need uh, to send you over to here 
Totally. And I think a referral system is fantastic. But again, it kind of, I, I think about it from the client perspective and maybe for anybody listening to this, this might be helpful. You know, maybe you've, maybe you've experienced this, you know, you've sought something different. Maybe you've dabbled in functional medicine. Maybe you've even hired a, a coach of some kind, a, a health coach, a life coach, whatever it may be, a business coach even. And, you know, you're just consistently coming up against this, like, well, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with anxiety. I'm dealing with depression, which by the way, can also be supported with gut health through serotonin, which is produced in the gut, uh, not in the brain. Um, having the one-stop shop for a client to be able to just walk into our doors anywhere in the world, we drop ship GI maps all over the world uh, and say, hey, I need to be fully supported by different professionals who can support me in different ways and a community of people who I can talk to about this stuff. Because let's face it, I, I try to make poop talk a bit funny, but there's not a lot of people talking about poop talk unless you're in like a mom's group talking about your baby's poop. Like there's not a lot of safe places that you can go and say, hey, welcome, we've got you and we've seen it all. So like, there is no shame here and we can be vulnerable with each other and we're going to meet your vulnerability with empathy and we're going to get in the mud with you and we're going to rumble around in it. We're going to have fun in it. We're actually might even enjoy this process of healing. Whereas I think a lot of people think that the process again is, has to be long and expensive and drawn out and, and, and tough. And yeah, some changes are going to have to be made, Joe, but it makes me think of that movie, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Have you ever seen that movie? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me you remember the scene where he's on the beach learning how to surf and the instructor, you know, he's trying, he's doing all the things and he's laying on the surfboard and the instructor is like, do less, do less, do less. Because he's like trying really hard. And then finally he just lays there. And then the instructor says, well, you, you got to do something. You got to do a little bit more than that. So, you know, I'm not here saying, yeah, you can just sign up for the program and that's that. You're going to have to partake. Like healing involves being an active participant in your own process, but having a support network along the way makes that process so much easier, so much easier. And if you can ask questions along the way, you know, you go to the doctor, you go to a therapist and again, Thank God for all the doctors and therapists out there, but I don't have access to them 24 seven in my back pocket on a chat. If, oh. you know, I'm trying to go out on date night and I need some info. I need some support from my therapist. I can't text them. I got to wait for two weeks till my next appointment. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. 100%. Like even for a majority of therapists over here, like the, I know it's like six weeks before people like that's a standard time unless you're doing really really badly then they do it earlier but yeah I think that's a really underrated thing from yeah. coaching and getting access to people that you know aren't aren't the doctors or aren't like the bigger organizations is just the access like yeah. the support that you do get is really underrated like exactly like you're saying the fact that people can just message you a question throughout yeah. the week you know maybe, yeah. maybe they ask like three questions throughout the week each week throughout might take two minutes kind of thing exactly. real quick but they're getting they would attack these little issues a lot quicker and get to healthy a lot sooner than 
yeah, like you said, wait, wait two weeks, wait six weeks before you can address anything. You've probably forgotten half of what happens, you know, whether it's describing, hey, you know, my stool looks like this. I'm not really sure what that means or, hey, yeah. I'm experiencing these symptoms or, hey, this is what's going on. You know, yeah. I, I just think that's an extremely underrated thing on that side. Oh, yeah, but, it's life-changing. And it's part of why we get such massive results for our clients in such a short period of time. I mean, it's it, instant results for some people just from knowing that they have that support. And that really kind of circles it back to this level of stress that we have around the fear of being sick, the fear of dying, and, and not even realizing that those things are going to happen to us. You know, we, we are going, our body is degrading every second and that's not something to fear. And I think having a community of people to, like you said, and specialists in your back pocket to say, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm a bit constipated today. I wonder what it could be. Could you help me think about this in another way? Or, you know, I, I, I don't know, I ate this thing and I felt this way, or, or I'm going on, on a date night. What do you, what do you recommend I, I eat tonight? If I'm, I'm doing a specific protocol, you know, I think just allowing the nervous system to be able to downshift into a state of rest and digest. We've all heard of fight or flight. This is the sympathetic nervous response. We're not, we don't often talk about the parasympathetic response, affectionately known as rest and digest. And there's a reason for that. And when you think about the different processes in our body, this is kind of eye-opening, grab your pencil. Digestion is not a, it's not a required system. So it makes me think of lockdowns in the pandemic. The businesses that were allowed to stay open were the essentials. <laughs> when we are super stressed out, your digestion is not an essential system. You can live for days without food. Uh, but you can't live without your heart beating and your lungs going and, and your brain functioning. So that's where all of the effort in your body, the energy and the blood flow is going to go when you are in a stressed state, when you're in a fight or flight survival state, which again, most of us are all the time. <laughs> um, we don't have to be being chased by tigers. Maybe, maybe we're in traffic that day, or maybe the kids are acting up, or maybe you got in an argument with a friend, or maybe, you know, whatever it may be, maybe you had a holiday with your family, you're still trying to recover, <laughs> right? There's yeah. lots of things that can put us in that stress state. Your digestive system is the first system to turn off. I mean, completely off, completely. So then we think, oh man, we live in these go, go, go lives. It's no wonder why I don't feel very good because I'm eating my kids leftover leftovers if I'm lucky or I'm eating on the go or I grabbed a power bar this morning and I'm going to shove it in my mouth right before I hop on this meeting or whatever it may be <laughs> your your stomach is not prepared for food I always think about it like this Job, and this is this is going to get a little adult here so mind your children I am not interested in making love if I'm not ready for it period if I'm not in the mood to have sex, I don't want it. If my stomach and my mouth are not turned on, wet, lubricated, ready to rock and roll with saliva and hydrochloric acid in my stomach, I don't want it. But because food is such a go-to mechanism, number one, we know we, we know we have to eat, so like we just do. 
Number two, we might be like trying to ward off the hanger or the hanger headache that's coming. So we just do. Or number three, um, it's a coping mechanism as well for stress. And I will say there's a time and place for that as well. And that's, we work on all of these heat. Healing is not just about the food, right? It's also about the emotions behind it. So we, we talk about this in my program and we work on healing the coping mechanisms, but we allow for time and space for food to be a coping mechanism. I think food is a great way to get back into your body when you're buzzing with anxiety and you're almost out of body, you're so stressed out. But when we think about, is our body ready for food? Is our body ready to enjoy the pleasure that can come from food? Or is it not? Is it turned off? If I'm turned off, I got a backdoor, backdoor trick it <laughs> with, with some support. Right. Yep. So, you know, in, a, in a, a consenting adult situation that might look like lube when it comes to digestion, that might look like digestive enzymes or bitters or on your tongue to get all your processes turned on again. They always say stress is a root cause and, and we don't often believe that or we think we're not as stressed as we are. But when it comes to the cascade of health issues that we have we have to look at our stress levels and our habits around food and how we cope with stress in relationship to food. I think it's interesting because I, 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 would, uh, I would say, like you were saying at the start of this, a lot of people just think that it's normal. Mm. It's kind of like what's been happening for a long enough period of time that it's kind of like, well, yeah, this is just, isn't this just how it is? This is how... I deal with things. This is how, like, you know, we find any number of reasons to justify. Yeah. Know, Everyone maybe... in my family has it. It's just normal. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Mm -hmm. For yourself, yeah. though, I mean, like, this is pretty powerful work that you're doing day to day, week to week. What's the, what's the mission for the business? What do you see as the impact that you want to have in 10, 15 years' time through this? Well, I love this. And, you know, something I'd love just to, to add to that, Job, I hope you don't mind. Go for it. it may be normal for you, but like I said, right at the beginning, it's not typical. And I think there's a really fine line and an almost, and this might be a little controversial, heaven forbid, not trying to offend anyone here, but it's important to talk about this. There's a potentially dangerous conversation that's happening all in the name of body love. And listen, what we do, our psychological healing at the Gut Health Agency is rooted in learning how to love ourselves as we are. So we are all for the movement of body positivity. Um, and there's this really niche dialogue that's happening on social media. And obviously it's the world that I walk in, so it's all I see. But if you start paying attention, you'll start noticing this really confusing conversation around body positivity and symptoms. Oh, it's normal for your belly to blow after a meal. Yeah, sure. To a certain extent, after I eat, I'm going to feel a little full. Maybe, maybe I need to unbutton a belly, but I, I, I shouldn't be in pain. And it definitely shouldn't look like I'm about to give birth to a human. <laughs> mm. And 
it definitely shouldn't be to a point where I'm afraid of wearing certain clothes because I have to anticipate how much I'm going to bloat after my meal. That's not normal. And that doesn't mean that you don't love yourself. We're not talking about body positivity here. We're talking about actually, in my opinion, one of the highest forms of self-respect is to be able to look at yourself in the mirror and say, man, I love you so much that I'm going to call this out as not normal. And I'm going to find the strength to dig a little bit deeper and to ask for help, maybe even hire a professional, which always feels scary when there's an emotional, financial, and time commitment involved. But to me, that is the highest form of body positivity. If I can look at the mirror and say, okay, I'm covered in rashes, but I must not love myself because it's just normal. If I, if I say that it's not normal, it must mean that I don't love myself. That's such bullshit. And that's, that's a lot of the conversation that we're hearing in social media. So I, I just think it's important for anybody listening to really make sure that you're, that you trust your gut above all else, because only you live in your body. So to hell with all the people trying to convince you that you're crazy or that you don't love yourself or that if you just love yourself enough, then you'll come to terms with the fact that you're so bloated every single day. You just, you just need to love yourself more, Job. Mm. What? That's harmful. That's really hurtful, really harmful. And actually, I believe the opposite is true. If you're in pain and if you're suffering, it's one of the, the highest forms of self-respect and self-love to ask for help and to seek answers. So I had to... <laughs> I'll get off my soapbox now, but I, I just think it's a <laughs> no, really it's a good topic. important conversation to have, especially for high-performing yeah. people, people who, who are on the go all the time and people who are potentially disconnected from their body, who really don't even understand what it means to feel hungry or not hungry because they're just operating in this fight or flight state and go, 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 that they're so numbed out to what their body's actually feeling. Um, so it's a really important component of what we do at the Gut Health Agency and, and an important piece of healing. And then the question that you asked me was not that. It was, um, what's the bigger picture? Is that what it was? Yeah, yes. What do you see the impact being in 10, 15 years time? So what's the larger mission? I mean, I think back 10 or 15 years ago, again, I'm dating myself, but maybe even before that, I had no one to go to. I had no one to help me. And I think there's been a lot of amazing change in the last two decades with conversations around mental well-being. And I still just think the conversation around physical well-being is perpetuated by diet culture. It's confusing. Again, this word health is really loaded. I think, I think there's a lot of information out there and people think they just have to jump from one diet to the next in order to get what they want and that's to feel good. And dang, I hope in the next 10 or 15 years, I can change that. <laughs> I'd love to change that dialogue. I'd love to make, again, healing and health accessible and easy. And if anything, to start changing how people perceive physical health, because I know when my grandmother was diagnosed with, with depression, they put her in a mental institution for a couple of weeks. It's still talked about in my family. Remember when Nana went to the psych ward? Like, 
The poor woman was depressed. Her husband died. She didn't need to go to the psych ward. She needed support. She, she needed a therapist. Maybe she needed some medication, but not 30 pills. You know, so the, I think the, the conversation around mental health in our generation, I think we've, we've changed that a lot, but I, I still think there's a lot more to go. And I think in the next decade or two, I'd like to start changing the dialogue around physical health and also considering what it does for the generations to come. I work with mothers, women trying to become pregnant and people who have just given birth, um, as well as the benefits of the gut health for the children and, and newborn babies. And gut health doesn't start at 30, 40, 50 years old. It starts the day that you're born and even before that. So if we can start altering positively affecting the microbiomes of parents, which will in turn specifically mothers, microbiomes, birthing people who are passing down their microbiomes to the next generation, maybe the next generation won't have as many health issues as we're dealing with mental, physical, and emotional autoimmune disease, all these crazy, I don't know, all these crazy diagnoses that we're seeing younger and younger and younger. Yeah, yeah. I, I would love to see that change. Um, thank you very much for coming on, Chelsea, and sharing your story, talking about the Gut Health Agency and what it hopes to do. If anyone would like to get in contact with you and, and hear more about this, where can they do that? Definitely. Come find me on Instagram. You know, I'd love uh, to connect with you all. I share so many free tips on how to start healing your gut now. Um, I, I it's, it's all I talk about, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to, uh, again, I'm trying to make this accessible for most, if not all. So the information is always shared on social media. It's Chelsea Haynes coaching. Uh, and you can follow the gut health agency directly, which is a shared account between the team. Uh, again, the, the health coaches and registered dietitians, um, it's gut health agency on Instagram. And then my website is just chelseahaynescoaching.com and you can find all the links there as well. Awesome. Well, thank you very much again for coming on, Chelsea. And I hope people that are listening will get in contact with you. I'm sure a lot of the symptoms that you mentioned earlier, I'm sure there's a lot of people that are experiencing those and not getting help. So thank you very much for coming on. Thank you so much, Joe. I appreciate it. I look forward to connecting with more of you. <laughs>